Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the first episode of season two, and I'm really excited to be back in your ears sharing podcasting tips and strategies. Thank you so much for being here. Let us get right into things. So to kick off today, I would like to talk to you about Podfade. What is it? Why does it happen? And how can you avoid it if you haven't launched your podcast yet? Maybe you've been thinking, how can I maintain a podcast? And that has stopped you from getting started. Or maybe you've already started your podcast. No matter where you are in your journey, this episode will help you if there are certain areas in your workflow that you'd like to tighten up. So be sure to tune in as well. So let's get into it. What is Podfade? Now, my definition is quite simple. In my own words, Podfade is when a podcast abruptly stops. So one week, it releases an episode and then poof, it disappears never to be heard of again. The podcast host doesn't notify the listeners that they're taking a break via the podcast, via their socials, via their email list. It is literally one moment episodes are being released. One week turns into one month. One month turns into several months. Several months turns into a year and the podcast goes to the podcast graveyard. Now, why does that happen? Usually it's because the podcaster has hit a bit of a wall and this happens for lots of different reasons. Depending on where the podcaster is in their journey, so if they're newer in their journey, for example, I came across a podcast that went live around this time last year. She did five episodes and that's it. So she's definitely pod faded. Whatever the reasons are, I do not know. I haven't obviously scrolled through her social media, but there was no episode specifically on the podcast highlighting that she was taking a break for whatever reason. So she is definitely what I would call a pod fader. So it can happen at any point. For newer podcasters, usually it's because they've, you know, thrown themselves into launching their podcast and they've had no strategy. Whether that's a short-term strategy or a long-term strategy, there's been nothing. They've just, you know, got really, really excited, put their podcast out there. And then maybe as part of that process, they've come to realize, actually, crap, this is a lot of work. That's where the gap is. And it all becomes a little bit too much for them. Another thing that I see for more seasoned podcasters is that maybe they've just lost the passion. You know, someone that has been going for 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, they've consistently put out content and maybe they're not seeing the results that they were hoping for. Maybe life gets too busy and they have less time. There's lots of different reasons. But 
they've reached a point where they just feel a little bit stuck. It might be that their creativity is a bit blocked. Maybe they feel like they've fallen out of love with their podcast. There's lots of different reasons, but I truly believe that by following the three things that I'm going to discuss in this episode, you can 100% avoid pod fade. There's lots of different elements that make up being successful in podcasting. And as I mentioned earlier, strategy is an important one. And not just, it's a bit like with our business. We have a business plan. We set goals for the year, for the quarter, for the month, for the week, and then action steps to make sure that we meet those goals. Your podcast is no different. So in 12 months time from launching your podcast, you might have a goal to have a thousand downloads, for example. And then when you break that down by the quarter, by the month, by the week, what do you need to do to achieve that goal? So it's really important that you don't treat your podcast as, you know, just something else. This is a totally different thing from social media. You need to respect your podcast and put the right effort into it. But also having the right systems and processes in place to ensure that you can continue to show up consistently is super important. So when I talk about pod fading, this doesn't necessarily have to do with shows that have been created for a certain amount of episodes. So, you know, there are two point, I don't know what the number is at the moment, but there's a hell of a lot of podcasts. But I know for a fact that at least I think it's half a million of them or so aren't active. And I can't remember the exact statistic, but there's quite a significant amount of podcasters that don't make it past episode seven. And that is usually because of pod fade. So I don't mean series that, you know, come out with the intention of being five episodes long or 10 episodes long. I'm referring to podcasters who have the intention of launching a podcast as an extension of their business to, you know, raise their credibility, to build their authority in their space, have every intention of going for months, for years, and then after a certain amount of time, poof, disappear, never to be seen again. That is a scenario that I'm referring to in terms of this episode. Some people become quite disheartened when they think that the podcast isn't generating money as quickly as they would like. And I always, always, when I speak to people, make sure that they're not just focused on income because podcasting is a bit of a long game. Any other marketing strategy in your business, your podcast is no different. After all, it's a marketing tool. It's not just like a course or a digital product that you're putting out there and people will just buy. There's a bit of nurturing, you know, a bit of promotion, lots of different factors that go into your podcast. So you can't just expect, oh, I'm going to put it out there. And in a week's time, you're going to be making thousands. That is just not a realistic expectation at all. So I have spoken about batching before on this show. And I am a huge, if you're a regular listener, you know that I am a huge fan of batching. I've actually moved the podcast to seasons to allow me to batch at least a month's worth of content in advance. Just because before, I just felt like I was always chasing my tail. As you know, these days, these months, these years are going so quickly. Every Thursday, I release an episode 
I will promote it. I'll continue, you know, working in my business. And then before I know it, it's Wednesday again. And I haven't done Jack Diddly Squat. And, you know, I'm not perfect. You're probably thinking the podcast expert is actually admitting this. But actually, I do that typical thing where I tell my clients what they should do. But I don't actually follow my advice. And I realized, you know, at Christmas that I was setting myself up, not for failure, but I'm trying to get the right balance. I don't want to work all the hours that God sends. So it was really, really important for me to put processes and systems in place to make sure that I can best serve you and show up the way that I want to show up on my podcast. So how do you avoid pod fade? First, I would recommend that you look at your schedule. So whether you've launched already or you're coming up to your launch, either way, this is a perfect time to do this. So as you're listening, look at your schedule, pull up your calendar. If you use Outlook or Gmail, whatever it is that you use, pull up your calendar. Personally, I'm a huge fan of time blocking. So if you look at my calendar, there's blocks for client work, usually in the morning. And then in the afternoon, around four or five, I might do some marketing or I might do a course, whatever it might be, but it's time blocks. Even walking the dog is in my calendar. And my calendar is my Bible. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. I'm really sorry. My calendar, everything that's a priority goes into my calendar. So if you haven't tried time blocking before, definitely think about giving it a go. If you are starting out, or maybe if you already have, think about moving into seasons. As I mentioned, it's something that I've done and the stress levels are a lot lower as a result. You know, February, I spent a lot of time mapping out my episodes for season two and beyond. And I think it was last week, I wrote out the outlines for the first six. I also have six guests interviews already recorded to go out. So in a way, as we sit here on the 3rd of March, this episode will be released. I have 12 episodes more or less ready to go. I'll edit them the week that they're due. Editing, obviously, for me, isn't cumbersome, but all the other tasks I needed to batch and get done before the week that they are due to go out. In terms of your schedule, what works best for you? So, for example, are you free on Saturdays? Are you free on Sundays? Where can you slot in your batching of tasks? When can you do your recordings? Depending on how long your episodes are, you might just need an hour, an hour and a half tops. In terms of like writing all your copy for your email list, for your social media content, when is best to do that? Again, that could be another hour to two hours tops. Your social media graphics and scheduling them out. When is best to do that? That's how I've started working. So it's kind of really important to look at your schedule and map out what you can do. The way I work and the way you work will be totally different. I can't sit here and say to you, follow my way because we have different lifestyles. I don't have younger kids, for example. I just have a little dog to look after. My daughter is a lot older. She's nearly an adult. So what I'm able to do when I'm able to do it will be completely different to you. And if you're able to, I might do a month or six. I'm trying to work to six weeks. But if you can schedule out further than that, go for it. I remember I was listening to a podcast recently. I can't remember which one it was. And somehow she was able to record a year's worth of podcast content in a week. 
I mean, that's hardcore. I don't know. (laughs) As organized as I am, I know I couldn't do that. But if you can do two months, three months at a time, perfect. Especially if you've got like bite-sized episodes, 10, 15 minutes, you can just get them all done. Voila. And if you're working with an editor, editors love clients who batch because I'm one of them. (laughs) I love all of my clients batch, which is fantastic because if I want to sit down and just get them all done, they're done. And I especially do that when I know that I have a week away from the business. So batching definitely is the way to go. And another great tip is add these tasks to your calendar. So if you looked at my calendar, you will see that on Sundays around three, four for the rest of the year, blocked out for editing. That way I know that it has to be done. And life happens. So there will be times when that needs to move. Like if I go out or, you know, have friends over, if my daughter's home from college, I have to drive her back normally around that time. But at least knowing it's there, it's just a lot easier. It's just how my brain works. So if you're like me, making sure that everything in your calendar will really, really support you in being successful with this. Number two, create systems and processes that work for you. Now, this could look different for everyone. But one thing that works really well is thinking about what your podcast workflow is going to be. And we're going to be talking about this in an upcoming episode in more detail But when I say workflow, I know that sounds really fancy, but essentially in simple terms, it's a step-by-step process of how you manage your podcast. There's two ways that you can do this. Number one, you can just create a PDF or if like myself, you use a project management tool like Trello or ClickUp or Asana or Notion or Monday, there's so many on the market, whichever one you use, you can create it in there. And how this works is essentially you map out everything from the first thing that you do to the last thing that you do. And again, this could look different for every podcaster. There's no sort of, you know, cookie cutter. This is how you must do it. So for me, because my episode titles are mapped out more or less till end of the year into next year, I just look to see what the episode title and then my next step is research, creating an episode outline. If you have guests on, if you're a mainly interview show, that could look like researching the guests, making sure that they have the link, they're all booked in, that whole guest onboarding process. So really sitting down and thinking what happens from the first step all the way down to when you schedule the stuff out and you're engaging with your audience. And this is good, not just for you, but when you do reach a point and you will reach a point where you want to outsource some, if not all of your podcast tasks, because you've got this workflow, you can easily share that, especially if it's in Trello or Asana, you can just add them as a user or share the board with them and they can follow. By then you would have fallen into a routine that's so second nature to you. It will be easy for someone else to pick up. So think about that. Start at the very beginning and then ask yourself with each step, now what? What happens next? Now what? You'd be amazed at how many steps are involved. I think my workflow has about 35, 40, could be even more steps. But that's because I've got really, really, really down to the smallest detail. So, you know, 
upload to buffer, change this copy. There's so much in my workflow. It's it's a little bit ridiculous, but it's fine because this year I plan to outsource. So this is going to really, really help me when I'm ready to do that. Now, the second part of this is what tools or systems do you need to put in place to assist you? So we've already talked about a project management tool. It might be that you need a scheduler. So if you're not already using a scheduler in your business, when I say scheduler, I mean Canonly or there's Acuity or there's another one called BookMe, I think. But essentially, it allows people to book time in your calendar without the to and fro in. When are you free? Which drives me completely balmy. And this is a great way of onboarding your guests. So you can send them a link to book their interview. And as part of that, you might have a form that helps you collect all their information. So immediately you're organized and your guest is well impressed with how smooth their experience has been. So have a think about what tools you're already using in your business. There's so many free tools on the market. So don't think that, oh my gosh, this is something else that I need to pay for. No, there are so many tools. I've had Trello from the very beginning of my business and I've only just upgraded. You get 10 boards for free and I've only just upgraded because I have a number of launches every month and every client has a board to themselves. So there's so much free stuff out there. Just kind of have a look around and it will benefit your business in the long run. It's really good to get really organized and streamlined so that you know where things are so that when you outsource, they can support you and hit the ground running. And number three, this might sound really obvious, but be prepared. And what I mean by this is to be proactive, not reactive. So as an ex-executive assistant, I'm used to looking months ahead And that's probably why my podcast content is mapped out for the next 12 months. But it works really, really well with your podcast. And this is, I know I keep harping on about batching, but this is where batching really comes in and really, really supports you. Because honestly, it will save you a lot of time in the long run and help you to get into a rhythm that will support you in being successful as a podcaster. It is so easy to forget things when you're carrying everything in your head I've been there. I know the struggle. So by having it all written out, it's so much easier. So to recap, number one, look at your schedule. Number two, create systems and processes that work for you. And number three, be prepared. By implementing these three things, it will help you to remain consistent and ensure longevity for your podcast. As I mentioned before, there are a number of people who jump into podcasting and then they disappear because they just weren't ready. There are people out there saying that all you need is a phone and your story. Yes, that is key, but not 100% true. There's so many other moving parts. So don't fall for that hype. (laughs) Listen to me, listen to the podcast and do things the right way, because I want to see you succeed. So that's it for this week's episode. I hope you found it helpful. If you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me on Instagram. I am at Too Busy to Podcast or the podcast is at Too Busy to Podcast Pod. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what your biggest takeaway is. Let me know if you've got any follow-up questions to what I've discussed today. Next week, we will be talking all about podcast workflow. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. Until then, have a great week and I'll see you soon.